Hello and welcome in everyone to the Lapping the Field podcast. I, as always, am your host, Eric Beck. Now, the reason for coming to you with this now somewhat or very much so intermittent podcast is that we're going to be talking about some ownership changes that have been happening in NASCAR Cup Series teams. And the original plan, I think, had been to do it in a chronological order in terms of when we heard about these things, but I'm going to skew that, going to change that slightly, and we're going to do it a little more categorically. So we're going to start off here with changes that are happening that do not involve a sale or a purchase of any piece of ownership. And the first thing that I want to talk about, the first person I want to talk about, is the change that was announced with Hendrick Motorsports, with Jeff Gordon coming on into a very high executive role at Hendrick Motorsports, basically becoming a number two right below Rick Hendrick over there, and leaving the Fox Sports booth, and leaving us to decide or to determine or to wonder whether Clint Boyer is going to be left alone with Mike Joy next season or whether they're going to bring someone else in. And personally, I hope that they bring someone else to pair with Boyer and to kind of play off of his personality. But that is beside the point right now. We're talking about ownership. Now, Jeff Gordon has been a part owner at Hendrick for a very long time. As far as I'm aware, he was listed as the owner of the 48 car since Jimmy Johnson came into the Cup Series way back in like 2002. So Jeff Gordon has been a co-owner at Hendrick for basically 20 years, if I understand things correctly. The change here is that This move makes it seem as though Jeff Gordon is the heir apparent at Hendrick to take over Hendrick at some point if Rick, if and when, I should say, Rick Hendrick decides to move on from the organization and whether or not Jeff Gordon decides he wants to take over at Hendrick. It certainly seems like that is a major possibility at this point in time. And this is a very, it's an interesting move in terms of, in my opinion, the history of NASCAR and the history of past very good to great race car drivers, NASCAR drivers, owning teams. I think the interesting thing will be if Jeff Gordon does eventually end up taking over Rick Hendrick and for Rick Hendrick and at Hendrick Motorsports, if it remains Hendrick Motorsports or if in some way Jeff Gordon's name gets added to that or replaces the Hendrick name on that. Because as I have said just recently, or in the last couple of seconds, that is a thing that has happened in the past where you do have former champions owning race car, owning NASCAR Cup Series teams. So that is one change that is more in terms of what Jeff Gordon is going to be doing with his season next season rather than, I think largely rather than with actual ownership at the company. One change in ownership that is happening And I guess we do not yet know terms of what this is going to look like, but it has been reported that Brad Keselowski is going to be leaving Penske next season to head over to Roush Racing, Roush Fenway. I believe it is still known as Roush Fenway, even though they are not as high on the totem pole as they once were. And Brad Keselowski is going to be heading over there and is going to be a part owner and driver for Roush next season. What is unclear to me right now is whether Brad Keselowski is going to be taking over completely from Ryan Newman and that is just going to be 
Keselowski and probably Chris Buescher over there, or whether they're going to be eventually adding a third team, or what this is going to look like. But this is definitely very reminiscent of Tony Stewart heading over to what became Stewart Haas Racing and taking over as a co-owner from Gene Haas, from Haas CNC, and becoming an owner-driver for an extended period of time. And that team also started as a two-car team and is now... Well, they were one of the more premier teams in NASCAR, but they're currently having a down season this season, to say the least, as we have discussed in previous episodes of this podcast. So the interesting piece of that is that apparently Brad Keselowski has been looking for a way to get into ownership for an extended period of time, and now you do have a younger driver coming into his own stake in ownership. Now, once again, for me, naming is already always sort of an interesting thing for these teams. So I'm curious as to whether Brad Keselowski is going to have his name added to the Roush Fenway name and it becomes Roush Fenway Keselowski, Keselowski Roush Fenway, however it works out in that sense. But it certainly seems like Brad Keselowski is positioning himself for an ownership stake moving very long into the future since he is still in his 30s. And this, in part, these these two and the next couple of things we're going to be talking about, which I suppose we can put a pin in right here, is comes into this discussion about the aging ownership group, especially for the premier teams in the NASCAR Cup Series. Now, on this side, we have former and current very well former and current championship. Oh my goodness, past championship drivers one who is a current driver, one who is a former driver, both moving into positions to position themselves to take over for owners who are currently much older than themselves, for sure. The other two changes that have happened in terms of ownership. First, we have Colleague Racing, who has purchased two charters this season. They purchased those charters from Spire Motorsports, who were kind of sort of uh, unexpected charter owners in the past couple of years who have come into their own charters had three charters sold two of those charters to colleague racing now i'm going to be looking on my screen here so for those of you on youtube you're obviously going to notice that so if anything slows down here this is me taking a look at charter ownership at the moment in nascar so uh, with the charter system there are 36 charters available to nascar teams and if you own a charter what is most important on race day is that you are guaranteed a spot at the racetrack. Now, there, with the introduction of the next-gen car coming next season, there are going to be a whole lot of other things that come along with getting parts and whatnot for the new cars that are coming and that are being developed by the manufacturers and not by the teams themselves. So having a charter is going to be very important for the next couple of seasons. But for right now, the most important part in terms of our discussion now is that it guarantees you a spot in the field on Sundays which Colleague does not have right now, and they are running a part-time schedule, mostly at the super speedways and at the road courses this season, and so far have done relatively well for themselves for running a part-time schedule with part-time drivers in the Cup Series. So they will be taking over two of Spire Motorsports charters. The other th change that happens here in terms of ownership is what was announced, I believe, last week at this point as we are recording, is that Trackhouse Racing, which it is currently this season leasing a charter from Spire Motorsports, they have purchased Chip Ganassi Racing, and they have purchased the two chart. They purchased the entire thing, which comes with two charters. 
And what we know for sure, what was announced, is that Daniel Suarez is going to remain a driver for Trackhouse Racing. So he is going to be taking the spot of either Kurt Busch or Ross Chastain. And then Trackhouse is going to have to determine whether they hang on to those drivers, who basically they want to put in that second car. So the way this all works out in terms of shuffling the charters as they exist right now, Colleague purchased two Spire Motorsports charters. One of those is what Trackhouse is currently running on. One of those is either the 77 car or the 7 car, depending on what Spire wishes to continue to field next season, just in terms of number, not necessarily in terms of anything else. And as of right now, Spire Motorsports' only full-time driver is running in the 7 in Corey LaJoy. So... Those two charters were sold to the uh, to the Colleague Racing team, and then Trackhouse, because of that and not ha- not being able to lease the same charter in multiple seasons, they had to move on anyways from the Spire Motorsports charter and decided to just completely purchase Chip Ganassi Racing, made an offer, I guess, that Chip Ganassi couldn't refuse because... Chip Ganassi, as was said at the press conference, was not looking to sell the team. His team was not necessarily for sale until someone came knocking and asked. The other thing that is interesting to note in terms of sales, two things I should say. One, we know from reports that 2311 Racing is looking to field a second team next season. And as of right now, 2311 only has one charter. So the curiosity there is whether 2311 will attempt to run a team without a charter like JTG Doherty Racing does with 37 car. JTG Doherty fields two cars but only has one charter. So the 47 runs on a charter, the 37 does not. Is that what 2311 is going to be doing? Or will they be looking to either lease a charter from someone or to purchase a charter from someone? Now, at the moment, we don't necessarily know what charters are running for in terms of purchasing them, in terms of cost. We don't necessarily know what it costs to lease a charter, but we do know that they are not abundant and that teams are looking to hold on to those with everything that they can. The interesting thing to me is that a team like Rick Ware Racing has, it looks like, well, Rick Ware Racing has three, and then it looks like they co-own one with... Uh, Richard Petty Motorsports. So there are four charters that are available to Rick Ware Racing who fields cars that are not able to compete in any way, shape, or form in the Cup Series with all the other Cup Series teams. So I don't understand why why that team is continuing to hold on to it other than just as a way to make money. The other thing that is interesting to me is that apparently it was rumored that Richard Childress Racing is available for sale. That where Chip Ganassi Racing was not known to be available to purchase, apparently Richard Childress Racing has been rumored to be available to purchase. So if that is the case, first of all, I'm curious that Trackhouse didn't just buy Richard Childress Racing because Trackhouse, I should say, is currently housed at Richard Childress Racing. Now, I do know that uh, Trackhouse is looking to move their team to Nashville and that... Uh, they do not currently have a building. I think they're leasing from Childress. And then uh, the team that they purchased, Ganassi, also does not own their building. So are they going to be moving everything to Nashville this coming season? Are they going to be attempting to stay in North Carolina this season? That is unknown. The curious thing to me is that in terms of bringing the ownership down in age level, you're looking at with the purchase of teams 
by Colleague Racing. You have a younger owner coming into the fold in the Cup Series. With the purchase of Chip Ganassi Racing by Trackhouse, you have a younger ownership group taking over for an older owner. And then were Richard Childress Racing to be sold, you would then once again probably be looking at a drop in the age of the ownership with Richard Childress getting up there in age at this point. And then the questions remain in terms of a team like Team Penske. Is Penske going to be looking to move on from NASCAR? My guess at this point is that it sounds like uh, Penske, uh, Roger Penske's children are highly involved in the Penske race teams across the board, across NASCAR, across IndyCar, and of course with Richard Penske now owning IndyCar and owning IMS and a whole bunch of other things. It certainly seems like the Penske name is going to stay and be passed along to the Penske children. The other older owner that we have not uh, mentioned or that we have not completely talked about, Richard Petty. I would imagine Richard Petty Motorsports is going to stay Richard Petty Motorsports. I think I, now this may actually be me making this up and turning this into a rumor, but I believe I have heard that Richard Petty Motorsports is for sale so long as you keep Richard Petty Motorsports as the name. Now, why anyone would want to keep the name of Richard Petty on there when Richard Petty may not be involved, may not be an owner, that I don't understand why that would ever happen. And so that, I think, has been part of the issue in terms of trying to sell that if they are indeed attempting to sell that team. So those are all of the moves that have been made in terms of the ownership. And we've touched a little bit on the age range of the owners who are coming in. Another curiosity for me is that Junior Motorsports, owned by Dale Earnhardt Jr., and possibly other people as well, but uh, certainly in name, uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is the primary owner of Junior Motorsports. They have also been rumored to potentially be interested in getting into NASCAR in terms of the Cup Series, moving up from the Xfinity Series and just being an Xfinity Series team, looking to potentially get into the Cup Series now that the next-gen car is coming into the fold. This is, a, this is the point where it certainly would be a good time to get into NASCAR in terms of a more level playing field moving into next season, but with the, once again, the lack of abundance of charters, where are all these teams going to be able to actually fit in? And then the question comes in as well as with the manufacturer and on the manufacturer's side. There's a lot of a desire for this new next-gen car coming in next season for more manufacturers being able to get into the sport. Which I am, which I think would probably be a positive, or would potentially, or certainly create more competition. I just don't know where these cars are going to come from. When you only have a 40 car field, there is there are only so many cars to go around, and we're seeing this right now. I think in terms of struggles with Toyota, if you can call them struggles, Toyota has five cars that are running in the Cup Series. Four, well, three of those cars are uh, very good teams. Two of them former champions. And then you have a young up-and-comer at Joe Gibbs Racing. And then you have the 2311 team with Bubba Wallace over there. And with them looking to expand to another car, which would provide six cars for Toyota. But then you have just this dominance of the field in terms of Chevy and Ford with the remaining cars. Now, if you want to have another team come on board, another manufacturer come on board, whether it be Dodge returning, whether it be Honda, whether it be some other car that is somehow either American-made or an American brand, if we are going to remain with that rule in NASCAR, where are these teams going to come in? 
I, I don't want I don't think I have the ability to speculate right now. I think it is fair to say that Hendrick is going to stay as a Chevy team. Roush is going to stay as, as a Ford team with Roush's deep connections there. Chip Ganassi, I think, would have been one who could have potentially now I don't know for sure if Chip Ganassi races Chevy's in IndyCar or not, or what Penske races in IndyCar. I can't imagine that Ford is an IndyCar. So Penske may be a team that who could potentially change. How married is Stuart Haas to Ford? How married are any of these other smaller teams to their manufacturers? It certainly seems like JTG Doherty is in bed with Chevy. Certainly the Wood Brothers are in bed with Ford. So where these teams are going to be adding on, coming in, or where these manufacturers are going to be coming in, or where new ownership is going to be coming in, there are only so many spots available. So I don't know what's going to happen on that front but as of right now, we have had four major changes in terms of ownership looking forward to next season. And it remains to be interesting to me. The next thing that we will have to discuss or that we will have available to discuss is going to be changes in where drivers are going to be, uh, where drivers will be driving next season. It will be interesting to see where a lot of these drivers fall. Brad Keselowski was probably the biggest name in terms of a free agent coming up. And we, uh, we believe it has been reported, it has not been officially announced that he's going to be heading to Roush. Then we don't know the next chip to fall is probably going to be Kurt Busch in terms of the bigger players coming in. And then where other people are going to be able to fall in line here. Who is going to be racing for Colleague with their two cars? Is 2311 going to be able to find a team or find a charter or find some way to start a second car and who's going to be driving for them? Who's going to be driving the second track house car? Is Ross Chastain going to stay in a Cup Series ride? There are a whole bunch of different changes that will be coming to NASCAR. And as much as my monotonous drone here may not suggest it, I'm very excited to see what happens coming up here. I just, I keep looking, I'm looking over at this charter list and i just i wish that some of these smaller teams could get better drivers for their cars it seems like there are so many young drivers who have potential to come up last season we're gonna kind of shift away from the ownership discussion just for a bit i was so surprised that ross chastain found his way into the cup series because there are a lot of people who were very high on ross chastain but he did not have the shall we say abilities that I would have expected coming into the Cup Series compared to other drivers who are currently in the Xfinity Series. We know that Austin Sindrick is Austin Sindrick, I should say, is going to be coming up and is slated to go into the Wood Brothers car. If we want to speculate here, I would suggest that Sindrick move into the 2 car if Keselowski is going to be leaving and that you keep Matty D in the 21 car because there are suggestions that Cindric is already slated to go into the 21, so would you put Matty D into the 2? As much as I love you, Matty D, I just putting I don't see how putting you in the 2 is going to be a benefit for Penske Racing and how you would slate in to be someone who is able to compete on a weekly basis to be a winner in the Cup Series. I think it makes more sense for who the Wood Brothers are as a team to keep Matty D there and to have someone like Austin Sindrick who won the Xfinity Series last season and put him into the two team. Now, obviously, it's going to be a learning curve. We've seen that from Chase Briscoe, who won eight races, I believe, in the Xfinity Series last year, and he has had some struggles in the 14 car this year. 
We're seeing that from a number of other drivers who you would maybe have hoped or expected with their performance in lower series in NASCAR to be able to advance further. And then there's a whole slew of other younger drivers in the Xfinity series who are going to be looking for Cup Series rides very soon. And we're at a point where we're having fewer and fewer veteran drivers who are going to be leaving the sport. You're looking at Ryan Newman. What is Ryan Newman going to be doing here next season even? What are Kurt Busch and Kevin Harvick going to be doing in the very near future, both those drivers over 40? How long is Denny Hamlin going to stay in? How long are Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr. going to stay in? Those two in their earlier or in their later 30s and Denny Hamlin getting up into his 40s now. So there's a whole bunch of things that will be changing in the next couple of years that will make a big impact on NASCAR. But as for right now, we have these four ownership changes that we have discussed here that I'm curious about and that I, for some reason, I'm going to still put this video on YouTube, even though, once again, I have this monotonous drone going here and voice cracking and whatnot. So for those of you who made it to the end of the podcast, to the end of the video, thank you for listening and for watching. We are still available on Apple and Spotify and I, hopefully other podcast places. Anchor.fm is supposed to be putting this podcast in different places, and hopefully they are. You can always, of course, find it on Anchor.fm. And you can find us on Twitter at Lapping the Field. You can find us on YouTube at the Lapping the Field channel. And once again, thank you for listening and watching. And as always, I have been your host, Eric Beck.